0: Join the 11 million adults and 6 million youngsters who make their weekends more enjoyable reading the world's greatest comic and adventure pictures by the world's best artists featured in every issue of the Comic Weekly. Insist on the Sunday newspaper that brings you the Comic Weekly. Just as Jim and his party reach friendly territory near the Stacy's plantation, they are surprised by the arrival of a large canoe. A polite young Hindu tells Jim he has been ordered by his master, Anthony Lowry, to find Jim and invite him to be his guest at the exclusive British Colony Club. Jim loads his party aboard the big canoe and proceeds down the river. They stop at the boat landing of the Stacy's Plantation, where young Red and Helen Stacy say goodbye to Jim and Lil as they leave to begin life anew. Then Jim and Lil hurry on to Singapore. The first evening at dinner... Jim and Lil receive a distinguished visitor who turns out to be their host, Anthony Lowry. After a very excellent dinner, Jim and Lil accompany Lowry to his luxurious suite at the club where he begins to state the reasons for his interest in Jim.
1: I suppose you wondered all during dinner why I didn't explain the important business I wanted to discuss with you.
2: Well, being the eternal, inquisitive female, I must admit, Mr. Lowry, I was just about bursting with curiosity.
1: May I say you didn't show it,
2: Mr. Vroom?
1: No, sir. That's one of Little's most valuable assets. A good poker face. A rather attractive one, too, I might add.
2: Thank you. (laughs) But I'm still anxious to hear why we're indebted to you for such lavish hospitality, Mr. Lowry. Uh,
1: Look here, this might be a very good beginning. Let's drop all formality. Begin by calling me Tony. That's great. I'll answer to Jim, Tony. And
2: I'll settle for just plain Lil.
1: Well, I couldn't very well divulge any of my business at the table because it's of a very confidential nature. And as you know by your experience in the Orient, everything has ears. How well we know that. The second reason is I have a story to tell. And I want you to be comfortably settled without any distraction. In order to hear it, And thoroughly understand it. Well, I'm
0: thoroughly relaxed, supremely
1: comfortable, and very much in the mood for a good story, Tony.
2: Yes, Tony, Jim thrives on excitement and adventure. And while at times I'm tempted to settle down to a normal woman's life, I realize my temperament's not suited to it. I really share Jim's great love for adventure.
1: That confirms all the reports I've had of you. As for myself, my last 35 years have been calm and peaceful. That is, until quite recently. Have you spent all that time in the Orient, Tony? No, with the exception of a half-dozen hurried trips back to the States. I've spent the last 35 years in La Hia, in the South Pacific. Ever heard of La Hia? Yes, uh, vaguely. Pretty good-sized island with a fairly prosperous trading post. That's right. And now I'll get right down to the point of my visit with you. I've come over 6,000 miles to beg you to return with me to the South Pacific. If you refuse, it may mean the death of every white settler and hundreds of the natives of Nahia Island. Please believe me when I say that there isn't one word of exaggeration in what I'm telling you.
2: Judging by your expression and the tone of your voice, I believe you implicitly. Pardon my interruption, Tony. Please continue.
1: Well, here's the story. Rain and wind swept across the South Seas throughout the late summer of 1816. A Yankee clipper struggled bravely in the teeth of the January hurricane, only to be caught at last on a submerged coral reef. As night fell, the storm seemed to increase its fury until Captain Jabeth Stone, its Yankee skipper, realized it was only a matter of hours. Even the stout old clipper could not resist the terrific pounding of the mountainous waves much longer. Not only was Captain Stone's ship doomed, but his wife and six-year-old son who were making the voyage with him. Motion! Aye, sir! You'll not ride it out. Afraid not, sir! Hatches are loose, and she's sipping a lot of water now, sir. Water in the cargo hold waist deep. Grass still falling. The seas are much higher.
0: Nothing else we can... Look out, sir!
1: A uh, couple more like that, and this will crush like an eggshell. Yes, cell. sir. There's only one lifeboat left, sir. It's one chance in a thousand. It belongs to Maria and the boy. portion take four men. Man the lifeboat. tread right and lower away. Aye, aye, sir. Heber.
2: Jabez, have we any chance?
1: Cargo hold is waist-deep in water. Pumps have stopped. Got to abandon ship. Boat's ready to lower. Get into your coat. I'll dress the boy.
2: And Jabez, you're... You're coming with us.
1: Aye, but the boat's only big enough for you and Peter on the first trip. Well, They'll come back for me. Are you ready?
2: Yes. Give me Peter. I'll, I'll carry him. All right,
1: come along now. There isn't a moment to lose. Oh! like a chip, and they make it, sir. Only with God's help. Maria, goodbye, Maria. God bless you. By a miracle, the boat returned for the captain. But on its way to the shore again, it capsized. David Stone, a powerful man, managed to swim ashore and join his wife. Morning found the only survivor's The skipper, his wife and son, more dead than alive, high on the beach. The storm had abated, but there was no sign of the storm-stricken vessel. Miraculously saved from one disaster, they were faced by an even greater danger. Black figures stole out of the forest beyond the beach. Their expressions and weird trappings marked them savages, more than likely cannibals. Captain Stone, his wife and son, were dragged in triumph to the chief of the island, presumably to be eaten with enthusiasm by the natives. Peace, O my people! Rejoice with me! At this day the gods have fulfilled their promise. For did not our great medicine man say that on this very day a new king with his queen sent by the gods would come out of the sea to rule us? See in her arms the proof, the boy child, the sign. Praise ye the gods of our fathers, for when the great sickness swept our island and our king and queen were taken from us, you, my people, were filled with sorrow. My heart, too, was overflowing with grief. Then it was the great medicine man, Lahuna, foretold that the gods on the morning of the seventh moon ...would stand up from the sea, a king and queen to rule us... ...and to bear proof that our God would smile upon us... ...bless our crops, make plentiful the fruit of the earth... ...and the catch of the sea, to give us victory over our enemies... ...the queen would bring a child as a blessing. Go now, my people, build up a temple for the white king his queen, and the boy child of the gods. Prepare the feast that we may rejoice and offer our thanks. Fall you down upon your faces and do homage to the gods. Jabeth Stone and his family ruled the island wisely and justly throughout the following years. They learnt the language of the natives and succeeded in stamping out all cannibalism, teaching them to understand and believe in Christianity. There is only one of that name left, Peter Stone. And he left the island 20 years ago. And did that end the rule of the Stone family in Nahia? No. And this brings me to the climax of my story. The natives revere the name of Stone. To them, that name is meant free schools, hospitals, and health clinics. The island was divided into districts where the people elected representatives to a council, which, presided over by a stone, gave the people fair and equitable law. Trade guilds and cooperatives were formed, and the natives were never exploited.
2: That sounds to me like an ideal democracy and a great place to live.
1: Well, it was. Until recently, when a man came to the island claiming to be Peter Stone. Uh, The one that had left the island 20 years ago. That is what he claimed. The natives had been praying for the safe return of Peter Stone. And when this man arrived, they naturally took him to their hearts and proclaimed him their just ruler.
2: But he was just an usurper, is that it?
1: I am practically positive of it. Instead of the prevailing peace and plenty... He has brought with him terror, murder, and despotism. I see. But although he's probably not the real Peter Stone, he evidently knows the personal history of the stone. I am just as positive that this imposter knows where the real Peter Stone is. And you want me to find the real Peter Stone. Is that it? That is precisely the reason I came 6,000 miles and did everything I could to find you, Jungle Jim Bradley and beg you to undertake the job. Okay, Tony. You
0: haven't come in vain. I'll go with you. Once again, Jim and Lil stand on the threshold of another new and exciting adventure in the South Seas. Once again, he has sacrificed personal gain. All the physical comforts of civilization to begin another dangerous and thrilling manhunt. Don't miss the next episode in the adventures of Jungle Jim. Remember, you can follow these adventures in the full-color action pictures which appear in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement containing the best full-color adventure and comic pictures. Remember, no other comic supplement can give you the top names of Cartoon Land like the list of all-star favorites to be found in the Comic Weekly. The whole family follow the fun and frolics of Jigs and Maggie. Thank <laughs> you.